You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Seeking Excellence podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Crankville. Very excited today to be recording with my dear friend, Marissa Lennon. (laughs) uh, Marissa is just an absolute rock star on the Seeking Excellence team. You've probably seen her on social media, different events. She does IG lives for us. She does a lot, a lot of great work behind the scenes uh, in, in all of our social media. We did our website branding. We owe a lot to Marissa Lennon. So Marissa, it's great to have you with us today. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I can't tell you this is a dream come true. To be on a Nathan Crankville podcast. That's I right. I've literally made it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, I should have said congratulations instead of welcome and thank you. But yeah, no, it's great to have you. So uh, you obviously do a ton of stuff for us. You're uh, a minor workaholic, which we're going to get into today. Really a major workaholic. I was trying to be generous, but uh, you want to tell us a little bit just about your background and who you are, how you got here to, to working for working with Seeking Excellence? Absolutely. So I am from Nathan's favorite, favorite state, California. Yeah. Bottom five. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's in my top 50. <laughs> I'm actually from the beach city. So contrary to what most people think, Los Angeles is pretty big. I am about 30 minutes south, which is right there in the nest of all the major beach areas. Nice. Uh, background wise, I'm in a lighthouse. Born- yes, in a lighthouse. Yeah. Right? <laughs> sure. I am born and raised Catholic. I mean, Catholic strong. My entire family has always been about faith and nothing but faith. Went That's to awesome. private school since kindergarten. Fun fact: I didn't go to preschool because I just wasn't having it. My mom <laughs> was not ready, so I'm keeping you home because I like literally was all there. Her, did not want to leave. Still don't want to leave. She's my number one. <laughs> wow. But um, yeah, but private school all through high school. I didn't realize back then that it was shaping me into who I now am and what I'm now doing. So right. I am forever grateful to my amazing parents and just family for instilling those values in me. Yeah. I am a major workaholic. I hate to admit that, but I also hey. gladly say that I'm at the point now in life where I want to step back. You know, they say admitting is the first step. So right? you're making progress. I want to make space for other things. And I just, I realize right now I can't because literally all I do is work. That's but right. don't get me wrong. 
I've always loved what I do. I've been really blessed with having amazing career opportunities. Like I'm talking traveling all over the world. I've done everything I ever wanted to do. And now I'm just at the point where it's like, well, how can I get back? Yeah. What, like, what am I doing now that's left that's going to help somebody else get to where they want to be? That's awesome. So I think that's kind of where my focus is. So and basically you've already peaked. You've already I peaked. Think, dude, I peaked <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> wow. I, I think the best job that I've had as far as just helping me get on path with faith life was, oh my gosh, this is like dating myself. Like seven, eight years ago is when I really was into marketing. Yeah. My degree, my degree is fashion design and merchandising and marketing. So my emphasis was always that. With a but minor in gemology. We're not, we didn't get there yet. <laughs> forgive me, forgive me. <laughs> Jumping ahead. But we, we were working in a bridal industry. And through that, I was able to work with, I hope they never, ever, ever listen to this podcast, but the most interesting people I think you could ever work with. And wow. a, yeah, a lot of my faith came out pretty strong in that job, more so because I just needed to make it through the day and make it through dealing with them. But in that, I was able to find a strength and a resilience I didn't know that I had, yeah. as well as kind of seeing the power of, like when it comes to evangelization, I'm not somebody that's like, go hold a sign outside so everyone knows you're Catholic. That's just never been who I am. Mm -hmm. I always feel like if I want you to believe, I'm going to let you see me and see the acts that I do. And you're going to believe because of that. Yeah. So in that area of work, they needed some help. So, <laughs> so y'all so mother lovers need Jesus. <laughs> So I really wow. just, I put my all into that and yeah, I was really blessed with some awesome opportunities through them, but I'm happy to say I've moved on since then. And yeah, here we are now. That's really cool. That's really cool. Here we are. And I mean, you, you skipped over the gemology though. I know I did. I know. Was that we'll intentional? Was that intentional? You're so excited. No, oh, we'll okay. We'll oh, I just back. know it's one of your favorite things to talk about gemology, Jesus and seeking excellence. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> I figured we could merge. Right? Yeah, I was trying to be humble today, but I was going to, that's why I just went with SC. But yeah, yeah. Why pretend? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. What about, what was I thinking? Yeah. I clearly wasn't. So, yeah. So, uh, going along with you being a workaholic, that's what we're going to talk about today. Is, and I mean, that was a great lead into what we're going to discuss. It's just like, how do we live our lives in a secular workplace? It's a very challenging thing. And I think a lot of people ask that, you know, and I think a lot of people are kind of afraid to go from the Catholic bubble into the secular world, you know? And so you, you said that you were always kind of raised in the faith and like your faith was always important to you. So was it a more just kind of like natural transition for you or what was kind of the, the shock factor, I guess, when you got into your first secular workplace mm, I'd say or even secular world at all? Like it could have been any, any point, not necessarily work, but. I really wasn't shocked. I mean, I've been working since I was 16 years old. My first job was Hallmark. So, so nice. <laughs> yeah, right. So I've always been around people that weren't always like me. So I can't say that I was shocked. I just, I You did I grow know, up in California after all. You're so annoying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of secular. This guy. Okay. Anyways, we're going to keep moving on and shout Great. out to anybody from California listening to this. 
I think Nathan's just mad because he doesn't live in California. But we that could be it. It's a, it's, it's a possibility, but it's a I wouldn't bet one. <laughs> so I have always been around people that maybe didn't have the same beliefs that I've had. So it wasn't, it was never a shock to me ever. And I'm pretty good with being able to adapt in all situations. So for me, I think it was more so as I was progressing in career and getting older, how can I stay true to who I am while still fostering relationships with individuals who don't necessarily share the same beliefs as me? Mm. So that was, I mean, it was never hard. I just, I was always able to find a common interest or find a path and we were able to learn from each other. I worked actually with, oh, what was her name? I don't remember her name. It's probably a good thing I don't remember her name. But she <laughs> was, she was an atheist and she was agnostic. But I think the part about her that I remember so well was that she would see me like on my lunch breaks, I would say, oh, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go run to, to church really quick. And she would kind of look at me and be like, well, why are you spending your lunch break going to church? Right, like, yeah. You have 30 minutes, like what, why would you do that? And she would see that I would go to mass in the morning before work, or I would come on Ash Wednesday with my ashes on and like just proud rocking, and just, just rocking it. And she would start asking questions. She mm. would say things like, what does it mean for Advent? Why, why do you guys correlate different colors of the candles to each week? So, and she just got more and more and more interested and involved, which I took as wow, this is someone looking at me who has absolutely no belief in faith whatsoever right. and is now having interest in asking questions because of the way I'm living my life. So mm. that was probably my, my favorite conversion. I mean, I don't know if she really converted, but conversion almost story. Um, I hope she has. She's a great person, but um, yeah. definitely needed a little bit of Jesus in her life. Amen. Don't we all? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's really big. I think it, there's so much power in that and just being able to plant seeds in different ways. And I think that's something that people get easily discouraged on is, is I think a lot of times, you know, when we're just trying to evangelize or just live our faith boldly in the world. We want to see everybody go from 0% to 100%, right? Like we want to witness the entire conversion in our chapter in that person's life. And like, sometimes we take people from 50 to 60. Sometimes we take them from zero to 10, you know, sometimes we get to take them from 90 to hundred, which is the most fun part, but not everybody gets to kind of like be a part of the final, you know, the final, the final phase of that. But we're all just kind of, you know, like a football team trying to work the ball down the field and get people to advance a little bit. And so it's, it's beautiful to be able to play any part in that story. Uh, but it's, yeah, you know, it's just, I think being willing to just do your little part in people's lives. And it's so simple how you can plant seeds just by living your life and just kind of making it known, you know, not being obnoxious about it, but just saying, Oh yeah. Like how was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was really well. Like, what'd you do? Like mentioning that you went to mass on Sunday, you know, it's such a simple way to just be like, yeah, you stand out a little bit. You're a little bit different. You know uh, I think it's, it's so, so important. Uh, but yeah, dude, I had, so I had a crazy kind of shock story. I remember when I was a cadet in the army. And so I had like kind of like a, a four year plan for, uh, my college years, right? So like freshman year, I was going to decide who I wanted to be. Sophomore year was deciding how I can become that man. Junior year was about practicing it. And then senior year was about kind of like ironing out the kinks. <clears throat> and I really didn't realize like how important the junior to senior year was, you know, but my junior year summer, I got to go be basically an intern for a infantry platoon down in Fort Bliss, Texas. And 
it was wild. It was just absolutely nuts. And so I get there and it's just like the culture, you know, coming from Mount St. Mary's. Sure. I had a month of training before that with a bunch of cadets, but the cadets aren't as wild as like when you're in an actual unit, you know, and you have people from, yeah, it's just madness. So we get down there and man, there's like guys playing porn in the office. They're like showing me pictures of these dead bodies from Afghanistan and Iraq and telling me all these crazy stories and talking about guys talking about hooking up, going to strip clubs, all this stuff. Like you're like immersed, right? So I go from this like Catholic bubble, Mount St. Mary's. Luckily had like a warm up period with training with the cadets and then go in and just like thrust into this super secular world culture. But what was really cool about it was I got to see, okay, what is my life going to be like when I'm an infantry officer, you know? And I have my own platoon and I'm just with this stuff every day. And obviously I didn't allow those things to happen in my office. And, and you know, I have my own set of rules and uh, operate a little bit differently than this platoon leader did but still kind of gave me like a good forewarning of like, what's it going to be like, you know, and not everything out there. I don't want to scare people who are in a Catholic bubble that are afraid to go to a secular workplace, but there is like a certain need. What I learned about that, that summer was just like, okay, senior year, I have to be like seriously, seriously rooted if I'm going to survive out here in this world, you know, cause I, what I also learned was like, I had a Catholic roommate at the time. I'm still friends with him today. He's a knucklehead, but uh, we're still homies. My boy, Craig, we were roommates down there in Texas and he was Catholic. Right. And wouldn't come to mass with me on Sunday. wouldn't do anything. So like he was Catholic in name only. And so I, I was really alone while I was down there for those like three and a half weeks. And so it was tough, but I kind of realized, you know, like, okay, I'm likely going to be alone. I might be blessed with like one good Catholic friend for my four years in the army or however long I was going to stay in. But um, I was like, I'm not going to be surrounded by it anymore. You know, like it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, my sophomore year of college, I had like five people I was checking in with monthly, right? And then my roommate and I were kind of accountability partners. So like six, anywhere from like five to eight people at any given time, my sophomore year, I was checking in with either weekly or monthly, spiritual direction, focus missionaries. But I was like, okay, the army is going to be completely different. Like you're going to be just like free, which is dangerous. You know what I mean? A free Nathan is a dangerous Nathan. And so I was like, how are we going to be able to root this? So that this I don't just get straight lost in the world, you know, because you see, I saw so many people leave them out, daily mass goers, you know, chapel every day, every other day that just like stopped going to mass on Sunday when they left college, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult thing to, to do, even what you're talking about, just like surviving there. But it's really yeah. cool. Like you have the option, I think, and that's what you experienced where you can either push deeper into it or you can just like let it go and become like everybody else, you know? And you got to really experience that, I think, at your job. Of course. And I'm always going to push deeper. I'm not going to be like everybody else. No way. <laughs> it's definitely not the move. It's definitely not the That's move. not the move. And I would say the whole coming from that Christian, like that Catholic bubble and being surrounded by that, that was something that never even was on my radar really until I met you. And until I started to mm. there's actually people that are in this world, because I don't know if it is a California thing or if it's just the people that I have been around, they just aren't from that world. So for me, it was always about figuring out on my own. I never had to worry about, oh, well, what's it like working in an environment where there's all these Catholic people around me? Yeah. That's why during quarantine, and I've told you this story before, the, entire, the whole reason why I reached out to you yeah. was because on that hallow, that rosary, I saw this list of these amazing people. And then I saw you who 
a black guy, which is so rare to see. And I thought, okay, wait, no, no, no. I got to see what this guy is about because this just doesn't happen here. Who is this person? (laughs) And then I sent you a thousand messages and blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) here we are. But It was really like a thousand messages worth of content (laughs) and 10 messages (laughs) is more accurate. So no, seeing that it completely opened my eyes and I realized, yes, I may not have those direct opportunities here to necessarily surround myself in a corporate or like how you were with dynamic Catholic, having that kind of environment here. I just need to look outside of my four walls at work and find that community. Because mm-hmm. seriously, I'm still blown away. Like when we're on our, our um, core team calls, or if I'm now with the young Catholic professionals, I'm on those calls with them. I right. stop sometimes and I'm just like, where do these people come from? Like, <laughs> like, who are these people? I had no idea that there were individuals out there yeah. that were like on fire with their faith and wanting sure. to change the world. I really thought it was just me. Yeah, which is wild. Which is crazy because you don't see that in some places. And I really think it's because we don't make it necessarily acceptable to talk about. Mm. Yeah. Even like fun fact, my current job, when I interviewed, I always have on my miraculous medal, always. Mm -hmm. And so I had it on like in my interview, you know, with all my other jewelry. (laughs) And of course, yeah, the interviewer at the time you know, she was talking to me about some of the things that we do, blah, blah, blah. And because it is a jewelry location, you have to necessarily wear the jewelry that they sell. And I remember specifically asking, well, what about this? Like, there's no way I'm taking this off. And she, and she said, oh, well, you have to, if you're going to work here. And I said, well, I guess I'm not going to work here. Really? So I got up and I left and she came, like she ran out the door and basically said like, look, like that's something that we can figure out. Like it's not really. Yeah. But it really opened my eyes to think, do most people just say, okay. And they just go along with it and hide it because they, they think that's what they have to do. Or do they stand up in their faith and say no and realize that by doing that, they're either going to A, teach this this individual something that maybe they don't understand or they don't know and b god is going to protect you in that and maybe yeah. he's protecting you and telling you that this is not the right place for you to work you know right. what i mean yeah so, it's very possible yeah yeah so <laughs> you, you hit on two key things there two key things there and so one of them like the, the latter thing that you talked about right there is yeah so important just to be bold in your faith when you're when you're living it out and so i remember my example of that is when i was deployed i was in afghanistan it was like my second month there and i got uh, mood. I, I finished up like my year of platoon leader time and like at the end of the first month kind of. And so I got transitioned into this kind of like assistant XO kind of role. Cause we had like a super company there. It's kind of confusing, but anyways, I started working for a different company commander. And so I had been going to mass mass is on Mondays. Right. But I was kind of like in charge of like overseeing the resupply that would go out every night. And so we had mass on Monday nights at like 7 PM local time, right. Or 8 PM or something like that, which was like, smack dab in the middle of like overseeing the resupply and so i had to go ask him you know and be like hey sir like do you mind if i go to mass like i go to mass on monday nights like is that still cool for me to do and it was amazing to me how many people would come up to me when on like on mondays it would like come around and they'd be like what are you doing like don't you have to go work the resupply or whatever and i'd be like no i'm going to church 
And they're like, oh, I wish I could go to church. I wish I could do this or that. And it's like, dude, have you asked? Well, yeah, no. Well, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, that's all yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, like they, yeah. they, they, they're obliged to allow you to go to mass if you can feasibly like find a replacement or somebody else to do it. And so I had to make sure that things still operated well, right? Like everything was set before I went. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just that like minor boldness, you know, and I've had, I had a number of stories like that throughout my, my army time where it was like, I just had to be bold. I had to ask. I had to like find a van. I had to, you know, find a church, you know, that was 20 minutes outside of the, the Marine base that we were training at and drive the guys out there to, to mass, you know, but you, you have to do it. It's just like going above and beyond. But the other thing that you kind of mentioned there is, uh, you know, kind of going at it alone, you know, yeah. which is like, man, it's a dangerous game. And I, I think that we have so many people, I talk about this, you know, fairly, fairly often is we have people a lot of times that live on these extremes, right? Like either people are like, super hard in the bubble and don't want to leave and like influence any of the secular world or there's people who are super hard in the secular world that don't feel the need for community and all that stuff and it's like dude like neither of those are it (laughs) you know what i mean like nobody's meant to do it alone it's borderline it's borderline impossible you know the grace of god can do all things but he did not set us up to be just straight solo out here operating (laughs) alone that's not the move it'll definitely stunt your spiritual growth but you're also not meant to just be like cooped up and afraid to go out into the world you know and so I yeah. just want to encourage those people who are experiencing what you were experiencing, you know, several months ago to, to look for that community and see what you can do. And sometimes you have to build it, you know, and I, I've had to do that at different points in my life as well, where you have to like find somebody who's just like a good friend that's looking to grow and you can kind of like develop them and help them to understand their faith more. Um, but cause it's not always going to be, you know, uh, like in Cincinnati, it's awesome. We have like this super vibrant young adult group, but Fayetteville, North Carolina, and Columbus, Georgia, we're not, we're not the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But I yeah. think you also, I think what you said is spot on, but also I think you have to pray for it. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to stop and say, hey, there's something missing or that I'm lacking in my life, God, please fill this empty space. It's not going to happen. Like that's right. where you have to go first. How you said, what did you say? Acknowledgement is the first step or whatever they say. Yeah, acknowledging it. Yeah. <laughs> acknowledging so you have like, a problem. And, yeah. Until you yeah. acknowledge that there is this gray area that God needs you to fill. Like he's not going to just do it. You have to ask for it. Yeah. You know, you have yeah. to. And there's that beautiful passage in Ecclesiastes. I can't remember what chapter. I want to say it's three or four that says that, you know, two are better than one. And that if one, if one's alone, like if he falls, like who's there to help him up, you know? And I think that's so important. And you look at the apostles, you look at the, you know, everybody in the new Testament, like even Jesus didn't rock alone, you know, like he went out to the desert 40 days, came back and got himself a crew. He was like, man, that was tough. You know? <laughs> he went out there, battled the devil for 40 days. And he's like, man, I need some homies. So even Jesus had a crew, you know, like he had, he had guys around him and he had 12 of them, you know? And it's just amazing to me how many people try to do it alone, but how, how would you say that your life has changed or how have you felt challenged or inspired since, you know, starting stuff with Seeking Excellence and the, uh, the YCP or CYP? I YCP. YCP. So I had it right. Professionals. I crushed it. I, always. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I feel like now I just, this is going to sound really bad, but I just don't care. Perfect. It's like, you know what? Like, this is me. This is who I am. I love Jesus. I love God. I love praying. I love going to church. Right. I think you should too. And I think before I was always afraid, not necessarily to let people know what I believed because that didn't really matter to me, but to put it into practice and show it. 
like for instance, if I have a coworker that comes to me, my first response to them would have never been, well, have you prayed about it? But now it's like, have you prayed about it? And right. I think I'm getting more bold and I've always been a bold person. That's I have I'm no doing. doubt. Yeah, I have no doubt. Yeah. But becoming bold in my faith has definitely been something that I am getting stronger with. I work with a lot of younger girls mm. and I see the things that they deal with. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, I, I, I don't know. I never dealt with the things that they, that they go through, but I see them relating to like guys and dating and just knowing their value and like their self-esteem. And all the time I just, I say to them, well, what would your husband think about that in 10 years? And they're like, what are mm. you talking about? But right. Like, yeah. It's a different years. perspective. Yeah. Okay me in 10 years and we'll talk about it yeah it's almost like this world which is why also i'm like really just social media is just not the business there's good and bad but (laughs) it's good and bad i mean i can't hate it because i'm in marketing but you're a social media director all right so i know (laughs) there's just things about it i just cannot stand but the biggest thing is the comparison factor and that yeah. I am a firm believer in majority of what you see online is fake. Like it's not real. It's sure. people putting out their best versions of themselves. They're not the highlight out- real. Yeah. It's the highlight yeah. reel. They're not putting out, this is what I'm struggling with today. Are you struggling with this? And I feel like seeing that these, this younger generation, they're not getting it and they're not understanding that it's normal to struggle and it's normal to seek help and it's normal to be in a gray area or a time of darkness to where you have to reach out and you have to seek God in that to get out. And I feel like, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm trying more so to come from a place of faith and conversation with them than what I did prior, which was just like, not. <laughs> if that right. Absolutely. And I think that, that it's a clear, like understandable to put it in more understandable terms for people who may not have experienced that is that there's boldness in numbers, right? And so like, even if you're like in a confrontation at a party or something like that, like if you're by yourself, your mm-hmm. boldness is significantly lower than if you're in a group, you know what I mean? And so there's a certain boldness that's a, like, that being in, in numbers, being in a large group, you know, being a part of a community really affords you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so yeah. that, yeah, it just goes to show just how important it is to start to develop that and to seek that out, pray about it, like you said, and just really, I mean, you have to, it's just like anything else in life. Like you have to be intentional about trying to develop it. You know, I think so often people are like, why isn't it just coming to me? It's like, dude, nothing good is waiting for you in your house. You know what I mean? Like you have to, even if it's messaging somebody and it can be an on. And that's the other thing too, is that like, even an online community, you know, our friendship, my friendship with Leanne, Lucas, Dan, like all these people, like we, we help each other each and every day. And like, none of us live within what, yeah. like a 12 hour drive of one another, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so it doesn't even have to be in today's day and age, it doesn't even have to be in person, you know, like you have such a wide world uh, just open up to you. And so it's, it's really cool. And it's just so important. And yeah. so that's, that's a great story about that. So let's transition a little bit into talking about the value of work. So we obviously know that being a workaholic is not, is not the move, but there is a lot of great value that can come through work. And so how would you say that you use like the work that you do to glorify God or how does your faith kind of play into the, the effort that you give, I guess, at work? Mm-hmm. Well, I knew I wanted to have meaningful work, number one, because right. I've worked many jobs where it was empty. Like, yeah, I was doing exactly what I wanted to do, 
But at the end of the day, was I leaving it a better person? And was I, was I leaving them as better people? Right. And the answer was always no. So in my current role, I'm able to do so much with philanthropy. So mm -hmm. working with nonprofits and really just getting the word out on how we can help. That has been an amazing way of showing my faith here. I think if I were working somewhere where I didn't have that opportunity to give back, it would be like, I'm just working for a salary. And to me, I've always been really lucky. Like I get a job and it sounds weird, but I get a job literally like if I snap my fingers, like I try not to get a job because like every day I get a job and it's like, <laughs> it's, I'm not even exaggerating. Every day I get a job offer for something, whether it's freelance, if it's another employer, if it's a recruiter, there's always something. Right. I and still workaholic. I know. It's just <laughs> Tendencies. It doesn't make it easier. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think really hard about where my yeses should go. Yeah. And it has to be meaningful work. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to give this much of my time and my life and my energy and talent away, it's got to be for something that's an investment, not just in my bank account, but also into society, into the world, into the right. cultures, into the organization. Sure. So, so yeah, this job, especially I've been able to really exercise that. But at the end of the day, I know I need more, which is why I seek out other things to do. And that's why I have too many jobs currently. <laughs> Being yeah. A workaholic. yeah. Yeah. To find that purpose. I think that's so important. You know, I've been very, I've been blessed in, in my roles, you know, since in my five years since graduating college to have some very purposeful jobs, which has been awesome. You know, obviously not every aspect of every job is, yeah. is purposeful or inspiring, but <laughs> by and large, you know, like I, I got to do things that were pretty mission focused, mission driven. Uh, but it's so important for people to find that. And I think that one thing you hit on that's really, really special or really, I really want to emphasize is that when you don't have the meeting at work, like that can be okay. Cause like we, like, I mean, just if you think about it, like on a practical standpoint, even like the Lord, like we need people to like take out the trash, right? Like you need people to do other things. And like, that still can be purposeful, right? Cause that's still like contributing a good to society. Like that is actually like an important job, you know? Yeah. But there can be jobs that really are kind of hard to find your purpose. But I think that one thing that you said is so important is, is finding that purpose elsewhere when needed, you know, and like seeking out other things, like what else can I do to kind of give me more purpose? And one thing I learned during the last year of my job is that, especially within the church world, even right, like one thing I kind of struggled with is we have uh, what somebody explained to me once as like in the church, we have scientists and then you have physicians, right? And we're all working to like cure the disease, right, of, of sinfulness, of being disconnected from God, right? Preach the gospel. And so you have to determine for you how much scientist, I had to determine for me, how much scientist time do I need? How much physician time do I need? Now I'm somebody who likes to do the physician work, right? Like I like to work with people, see the impact that's being made. And then there's people who do the behind the scenes work, the people that do the church research, the people that make the programs, that make resources, that develop things, right? And so I still have to do some of that, but what is my percentage of how much I feel fulfilled as somebody who's more driven to be a physician? How much time of that do I need? And how much do I need to supplement outside of my day job to actually do the physician work? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. in a similar way, some people have just generally like non-purpose and purpose-driven work or things that they can do in their life. So if your job, if your nine to five is not very focused or not very purpose-driven, how much of your, your free time do you need to actually dedicate to things that matter? And I think one thing I want people to learn about, you know, and this could be a good transition into rest is that like, there's a lot of value in like an active rest that I think a lot of times people are burnt out because they're doing things that are pointless, not because they're actually tired. 
Mm. You know, and in their free time, like I noticed it to myself, like I've learned this about myself that there's times where I need to do an active, just like an athlete, right? Like LeBron James or, you know, Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, like a lot of times their rest days are not just like couch potato, you know, eating chips, like smashing pancakes, like their rest days are active rest days, right? Like they're still stretching, they're moving, they're getting up, they're doing stuff that's going to help their body recover. And so for us, I think a lot of times we have a deficiency of purpose. It's not a deficiency of energy. And so you need to get up. And it's for, so for me, what does that look like is, okay, in my free time, am I, I'm going to read instead of just like binge watching television. I'm going to pray instead of binge watching television or going out to drink and party. I'm going to pray or I'm going to have an intent, intentional conversation with somebody about something important like accountability in our spiritual lives, you know? And yeah. that kind of stuff, I think, is that active rest that we can actually engage in that can be purposeful, that can help us to grow. Because I notice, like, I know that when I am physically tired, I'm like, it's one of two reasons, typically. Either, like, I'm, I'm physically and mentally, like, burnt out and actually tired, or I didn't pray enough today. Because yeah. I literally, like, leave my prayer time with more energy and more focused and more alive and more awake than I was before. And sometimes working out can be the same thing. Yeah. So if I did not pray and work out that day, I know that I'm, like, extra exhausted, which might be because I didn't sleep enough last night, but it's also because I didn't do the things I need to do to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. and actually be filled with the energy and the Holy Spirit and health, you know what I mean? That gives you a good full life, you know what I'm saying? Go on, yeah. For yeah, sure. so what, what do you think, what do you, like, I know, and you do, you do this really well, I think, is of being incredibly busy, but still balancing those other important aspects of your life. So how do you go about prioritizing going to the gym when you just work 12 hours? You know, I just, I feel like it's determination and it's responsibility. If you Say you're going to do yes, something. Responsibility is big. Yes. If you say you're going to do something, you just got to do it. Like follow through. Your word is your bond. Like you have to. And when it comes to rest, I feel like I'm not the right person to speak on this. But sure. in a way, what you do a I good job of the active rest, I think you still could. There's yeah. still a need for some actual downtime, which you're not good at. But if you do a good job of the active rest. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. Amen. We're working on that. But. I can agree with you on the not praying enough and feeling that kind of exhaustion that I don't feel when I do have that fulfillment in my prayer life. Mm-hmm. Going back to the active rest for me more so I can't, I'm not the person that's going to sit and watch Netflix all day. Like I literally, I cannot do that. I will right. never do that. The idea of like seeing someone in a robe and sitting on a couch drives me crazy. <laughs> like, I, I just, I can't. And not saying that you always have to be doing something, but you should always be doing something that's going to help you become a better person. So right. if you want to have a chill day, have a chill day and read. Have a chill day and reach out to a friend who you know needs maybe a little bit of confidence or a little bit of help. Have a chill day by getting off of social media and where you're doing mindless now you're talking. in comparison. Yeah. And it's just... It's I tough. struggle with that. Yeah. Just like having to put the phone down and be like, man, because there's times where I'll sit down to like watch an episode of The Office or Parks and Rec, which is like my go to because I'm kind of the opposite of you where I do do that. Like I need that time. I feel like mentally because and I don't know if it's because I can as a man, like actually turn my brain off, you know, like scientifically, I'm able to for better or worse, like not think (laughs) as you know. Right. So you're aware that sometimes I don't think don't even have it on. So right. Yeah, you can just shut it. Okay, that's enough. So sometimes I just shut it off and just watch an episode of TV and I'll like give myself, okay, I'm going to watch one episode and then I'm on my phone the entire time. And I'm like, well, that is just a waste of my time. Like I didn't accomplish anything. I just scrolled and watched stuff on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like what was I doing there that whole time? So 
yeah. it's really tough. I think that's so important. One thing that I do that I like to do, and I, I, I limit it typically to like once a week, but I'll give myself, uh, because a lot of times I think when you do take a really chill day, because not everybody's as high strung, I should say, or as productive as you are, is when you do take a chill day, sometimes it can get out of hand, right? So what I try to do is do half days. So I'll say, I'll, I'll say tomorrow morning, you know, tomorrow's Saturday, right? So I'll say tomorrow morning, I'm going to give myself, or, or Sunday, I actually have Sunday, like fully off. I'll be home, wake up at home, and I'll say, till noon, I can do whatever I want. If I want to read, I can read. If I want to watch TV, if I want to watch a movie in the morning and like lay on the couch and watch a movie, I can do that. If I want to scroll on my, whatever I feel like doing, if I want to work out, I can work out. If I don't feel like working out, I don't have to. Yeah. And then I say at noon, it's like a hard, like, okay, now I'm going to get up, I'm going to make breakfast, and I'm going to uh, you know, listen to a podcast or something like that. You know what I mean? Or something informational on TV while I'm getting ready, then I'm going to work and then I'm going to go work out and then I'm going to go do whatever. You know what I mean? Like just kind of giving myself a hard stop, making a to-do list so that I know at noon exactly what I need to do, but I still get that like four hours, three hours, whatever of just like absolute relaxed, you know, chill time. Chill time, yeah. But it's only working for you because you put in the effort in the beginning to make sure it mm -hmm. happens. Like you don't just wake up and say, okay, I should get up. And then you're still in bed because you're on your Instagram and you're on Facebook and you're on TikTok. Right. Cause that doesn't feel good. It yeah. doesn't feel good. And then it's like two o'clock and you did absolutely nothing today. I feel like just like how we plan for our days at work, we have to plan for our rest days. Mm -hmm. You plan your workout schedule. Well, most people do, but do you plan your, your rest days with that? It's, it's just a balance, like with everything in life, it has to be a balance, which I'm learning and also taking advantage of the moments that you have when you work. So like I said earlier yeah. about how during work, I would go to mass or mm -hmm. I would, I'm a big fan of novenas. And what I'm always saying is the nine hour novena. So I literally have an alarm yeah. every single hour while I'm at work sometimes because I'm <laughs> really invested deep in a novena throughout the day. Wow. But sometimes I do that because I want my mind to stay focused in faith and yeah. realize, yeah, what I'm doing is important. It's what I need. I, I need it to live. But at the end of the day, this is what the bigger purpose is. Mm -hmm. So on those days where I'm feeling a little bit off, I will intentionally set 10 alarms on my phone to just wow. keep praying throughout the day. Yeah. Because that's just something I know works for me that I have to do. Or if I'm driving into work or going home, I listen to a podcast yeah. or an audiobook that relates to faith or yes. how to become a better person. So those aren't necessarily rest days or rest times, but I'm able to step away from my usual day-to-day -day mindset of I need to do this, 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 and this, and take a moment where I would otherwise what, be sitting in the car listening to Spotify or listening to... I don't know, a random radio station and take it and make something good out of it. Right. Making a learning moment. Yeah, no, that's so huge. I, I can tell you that like every one of my worst days of work, I feel like, or when I leave work at five or 6 PM and feel like I haven't done anything else but work that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I haven't listened to a podcast. I haven't learned anything. I haven't worked out. I haven't prayed at all. Like it's like, I have everything left to do still. You know what I mean? And it's just like uninspiring, you know, even if you have the time to do it all, you just feel like you have no momentum because exactly. you're like, I haven't done anything that's actually, you know, like all my like non-negotiables, my important, but not urgent things to do. I haven't done any of them. And so like when you can knock some of that stuff out, whether it's over a lunch break, even just like reading for 15 minutes over a lunch break, mm -hmm. you know, going to pray or like sitting in your car and praying or whatever it might be, you know, like 
reading a blog, like a, a positive blog or something, you know, like there's so many options and things you can do going on a walk, you know, can just be fruitful. Breathing. Like take a minute and just breathe right. and say, Jesus, I trust in you. That yeah, is amazing. Like that just, it brings it all back so that, you know, this is what actually matters. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so big. It's so, so important. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just being willing to do that. But how how would you say you've kind of grown in uh, like really putting, using your work as kind of like a ministry or like the actual effort that you, when you focus on work, you know, I love the scripture verse we talked about, you know, of like when 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 God, like St. Paul, I think it is that, that instructs us to do everything that we do for the glory of God. You know, like how does that play into, especially some of the more menial tasks or tasks you don't enjoy when it comes to work? Oh, yeah. So that verse is in my head a lot on a lot yeah. of days of work because I think if we can change our mindset and realize everything that we're doing is for the greater glory of God, it's, it's working for him, not for ourselves. I think it's an easier way to just handle everything that comes our way. And also just in my current place of work, so much with the faith, I feel like is with the people that I'm surrounded by more so than the actual work itself. Right. And I took on this job, not going to lie. I felt like I was taking a few steps back in my career because it was, wow. I mean, honestly, I was working and doing amazing things with publications and like craziness. Right. And then step back because when I started here um, at the jewelry company, I took it as just like a retail position. And that was because I felt like the gemology side was lacking in my life. And I really wanted that, that purpose again. Cause I've always just had a love. Yeah. I've always had a love in the You want to explain to people who don't know what gemology is, what gemology is in case case I'm not the only one. I know you did not. You were like, what are you talking about? You questioned if that was even real, but it is a study of stones. So basically what I always tell people is, you buy an engagement ring and you go to say Tiffany's to buy it, they give you a little card that tells you everything about it. And it says GIA certified. So basically I'd be certified to get you the clarity, the carrot, the color, all of that listed on the card, which creates the value of what you purchase it for. Outstanding. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful absolutely thing, right. I mean, come on. It's a beautiful thing. Five stars. But yeah. When I took this job, I felt like, why am I like, why am I, working here like am I going backwards like I worked retail when I was 18 years old at Victoria's Secret as an assistant manager in college what am I doing I know what am I doing right so I'll never forget I was sitting outside once and the center I work in is called the point and there's this huge sign outside that says (laughs) the point and I was sometimes yeah and at lunch I remember I looked up and I said what is the point like (laughs) like what is the point of this and I could just hear this this quiet voice just telling me you don't get it now but just hold on it'll make sense later so going through all of that I mean I end up I now like run the entire store and I do all the event side and the philanthropy side which was not what I did when I first stepped foot into into this building yes but more so than that my biggest impact and takeaway is my relationships with my peers my coworkers, because again, a lot of them are pretty young and being able to have that influence on them has just been the most, um, I think in my entire life. Like if I die tomorrow, I would feel good knowing that each one of these lives that I've touched 
knows about faith and they know about what it takes to, to do hard work and expectations and high quality and making yourself the best version of you and not settling for anything less like a diamond. Don't settle for less. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think that's so important. Yeah. To just view everything that we do. Yeah. And, and, you know, and sometimes you don't understand the point or the purpose of why you're at where you are, you know, and I've definitely experienced that sometimes you have some low points in your career or just oh, something yeah. that you absolutely love or you absolutely hate. But I think what you talked about earlier too, just taking a quick moment to pray and to breathe and just okay. think about, you know, like, Lord, I'm going to offer this up and you can do that. I remember like sometimes in a notebook or something, I did it in college. I've done it at different places, mission trips or whatever. It's like writing somebody's name at the top of your notebook or your calendar for that day or something, you know, and say everything that I don't want to do today, I'm going to offer up for this person. I love that. Effort that I'm going to put in. Yeah. I'm going to offer it up for this person and just kind of going through and just, I mean, it literally, if you get in the habit of doing that, you do it three days in a row, it transforms. Like you hit that moment where you're like, man, I don't feel like doing this. Or even like, you can do it before a workout. You know what I mean? Like you will try harder for like the sake of sacrificing for the other person. And mm -hmm. so like, just, that's a, just one of those small ways I think that we can like beautifully like transform what we're doing. You know, these small things that may feel silly or stupid uh, for the sake of, for the sake of the kingdom, you know, for the sake of other people. Absolutely. That's amazing. I'm going to steal that idea. I you love should. that. It's great. So much. <laughs> not saying I'm a genius, but I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not. I'll give you that one. That I was guess. an actual good idea, huh? That was a good one you've had. So. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored. Oh, good. Well, that's great. Well, hopefully we've been able to help some people today to understand rest in a better way, to understand how to live their life more boldly in, uh, you know, secular settings, especially by developing that community, whether inside your job or outside of your job or online in whatever ways that you can. And so I think that's really important. And then just understanding how we can transform those small little daily tasks that we have for the sake of the kingdom to sacrifice for other people. So Marissa, thank you so much for your time today. This has been awesome. Pleasure. Always. Glad we can make your dream come true of being involved yes. on the uh, Seeking Excellence podcast, which you work so hard and tirelessly to promote and uh, make all that, make it be all that it can be, you know? Mm-hmm. So we want to encourage everybody to go check us out online at thosewhoseek.org. You can check out our website there. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter. We also are on Instagram and Facebook at Seeking365. And uh, we just ask that if, if you enjoy this, if you've enjoyed this episode, to share it with somebody who you know that it could positively impact and to leave us a review on our podcast on whichever platform you listen on. Yes, yes, yes. And Amen. I just got to say, thinking back to when we first spoke through uh -huh. Facebook, that thousand character message. I recall, yeah. I just, I think it blows my mind how fast God works and that we're sitting here doing a podcast. It's, it's pretty wild. Like it's, <laughs> it's the things that we've accomplished together in a month. Yeah. It's like not even a month, well, kind of a month since the website's been launched. Yeah, it has, it has it been a month. Yeah. That just means when God wants something to work, he makes, he it, makes work. it happen. He makes it happen fast. That's so. right. Answered prayers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Awesome stuff. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your effort here at Seeking Excellence and uh, really glad to have you on the team. Thanks, Nathan. Always, awesome. always appreciate it.